0: Welcome to 30 Minutes of Growth, the all-action, all-growth marketing podcast that's all within half an hour. It features three segments with three playbooks you can use right away. And I'm your host, Alex Garcia. So let's do this. We all know this, that growth is the number one priority for e-commerce brands. And that's where Yachtpo steps up. Supporting brands like Culture Kings and Steve Madden, their platform offers data-driven solutions like Yotpo SMS Bump, the top SMS marketing app in the Shopify app store. Sounds good, right? So hop over to yotpo.com and get a free demo right now. What is up guys today in this episode of 30 minutes of growth, I have another Jordan fan, another heat fan Ross Simmons. Uh, Can you give me a quick intro to yourself? Thank you for being here as well, but a quick one, two minute intro.
1: Yeah, Alex, thanks for having me on super excited to be here. As you mentioned, I'm a diehard Jordan fan. Also a big Kobe fan, I I don't need to go down that rabbit hole, but I'm an entrepreneur. I've been starting businesses from the time I was a young pup when I was selling do-rags out of my locker all the way through to university when I ran a fantasy football blog, was able to pay for my tuition on the back of that. Fast forward a few months into that endeavor, my mom told me that I needed to switch it up because I was uh, seeing my marks dip and she told me to switch my blog from writing about fantasy sports to start writing about marketing. So then I created RossSimmons.com which was a blog where I started writing about marketing Since then, you fast forward, continue to create content about marketing and growth and business, been able to do work with some of the fastest growing startups all the way through to publicly traded cloud companies worth billions of dollars today, Uh, run a content marketing firm called Foundation that specializes in SEO content marketing strategies for B2B and SaaS companies, and we are a fully remote team uh, spread out all over the globe. In addition to that, I'm a serial entrepreneur, angel investor. I've dabbled in a lot of things. My pride and joy is being a dad. That's my favorite favorite title of them all. And super excited to be here. I'm a public speaker. I do all kinds of things. So thrilled to jump in. I want to make this something that people can come back to and uh, something that they find a lot of value in. So
0: let's uh, let's jump into it. I appreciate it, Ross. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this episode, man. So the first thing before I knew, like I had connected with you, I had yeah. probably easily 10 of, of your articles saved in like my notion. And one of them is topic number one. So masterclass. So I think at the time, uh, when you wrote your case study, Class was valued at 800 million. They're now valued at 2.7 billion, which is crazy. Wow, at the time, they were getting 2 million organic visits a month. They're now getting 10 million organic visits a month, and their traffic is worth 4 million. So, you broke this down beautifully on on how they're doing this. Can you break it down piece by piece, brick by brick on? How their, their marketing efforts are focused on search engine marketing, intent-based content marketing, storytelling with social media and paid, their YouTube and pre-roll, and then their Facebook ads and uh, retargeting.
1: The masterclass case study is rooted in a simple insight. Like during, at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone started to pick up like, oh, I need to pick up a new hobby, et cetera. Personally, I started to pick up gardening and it came directly out of the Ron Finley masterclass. And I was like, this company is doing something special here. Let me dive deeper. So I started to dive deeper and I realized they were putting on in front of the world, a masterclass in SEO. They were putting on for the entire world to see how you do content marketing and SEO extremely well and you root it in the behaviors of the people that you're trying to influence. So top to bottom, they understand the pains that people have when it comes to all of the different courses that they offer. Whether it's trying to perfect your free throw, whether it's trying to learn how to do gardening, whether it's how to write a script, whether it's how to negotiate, they understand that there are a series of different questions and queries that people go to Google to get answers to every single day. And because they understood that, they knew and realized that they should create content that satisfies that search intent. The search intent is rooted in essentially four different types of search queries that all humans make when they go to Google. We're either looking for information where we go to Google and we're typing, what is a pretzel? What is a great free throw look like, what all of these types of things, why, who, where, how, ideas, examples of this. Those are things where we're going to Google and we're looking for information. And what Masterclass has done that is really well is that they have written a bunch of blog posts that answer informational search intent keywords. So when people are going to Google and they're typing in, what is a shallot? What is an onion? What is an avocado? Masterclass is showing up because they've created blog posts, they've created content that answered those questions. But it takes it an entire step further when they also get into commercial investigation search intent, where people are going to Google and they're looking to find the best course on a certain topic. So Masterclass has created a series of landing pages and blog posts that give you answers to this is the best training that you need to take to learn about a certain topic. They also get into the weeds of specific content assets that are rooted directly in video search. So a lot of people forget the power of YouTube. YouTube is a major player. So what Masterclass has done is they've recognized the importance of creating exceptional content by injecting video in it. If you have two pieces of content, and for all intents and purposes, they're both really, really good. But one of those pieces of content is filled with graphics, infographics, visuals, videos, etc. They have an ideal user experience. It's not one of those recipes that at the top has a big description about how they got this recipe from their uncle and their aunt and how they went down a random path and were able to come up with this conclusion of making a great pretzel. Like if you don't start it with that, like Masterclass does, Google is going to reward you. And Google has rewarded Masterclass extremely well for optimizing and embracing the idea of creating content that is rooted in that search intent, but also satisfies demand when they get
0: to the page. If I'm trying to replicate something like this for kind of at that top of funnel at the beginning, and, and then garner people on, on my email list, is am I just trying to answer certain queries based on things related to, to for example, marketing, right? Like whether it's copywriting, et cetera, is that in hindsight, like what Masterclass did?
1: That's exactly it. One of the things that Masterclass does that is different from a lot of organizations is they're viewing content marketing and SEO as essentially an opportunity to unlock a bit of a competitive moat. And at Foundation, we talk about SEO as being one of the new moats, because if you can create enough assets where you have invested in all of the different search terms, all of the different queries, all of the different ideas that people would go to Google looking for, and they're all associated with your industry, and you're able to rank on the first page for that, you can expect with certainty, if you're able to consistently update that content, that you're going to get predictable organic traffic to your site. So in a marketing lens, we've seen organizations do this. HubSpot has done it. Moz has done it. These organizations have essentially created glossaries or like learning centers where they produce content that provides you with the definition of a backlink. What is the definition of inbound marketing? What is the definition of an email? All of these different things are essentially going down the path of answering that search intent of information retrieval. So if you can, as a marketer, as a creator, think about your industry and start thinking about the acronyms, thinking about the phrases, thinking about the words that people in your space, especially those who might be even new to your space, might go to Google and look for, you can unlock a competitive advantage. The value of having all of these different assets is able to pay you dividends the longer that you're able to rank. So on day one, you might not be ranking. But if you fast forward three months from now, six months from now, five years from now, every month, people are going to this content. And if you can optimize it well, if you're able to remarket the traffic well, and you are able to ensure that they are optimized for conversion as well as for search, you can print money on the back of that content.
0: One thing I think Masterclass has done amazing as well, and I'm I'm guessing it has something to do with search intent as well, is their YouTube pre-roll ads, where I'm guessing if someone searches like, how to chop garlic. Later on when they're when they're on a YouTube pre-roll, they're going to be getting hit with a Gordon Ramsay pre-roll ad, right? Exactly. Yeah, like
1: they've set it up so they have they're definitely running remarketing across their entire site and you can see this on their YouTube pre-roll, you can see this on Facebook ads, on Instagram ads as soon as you start to go into their funnel. If you are on a piece of content that is an easy homemade soft pretzel recipe. At first glance, you might feel like, oh, this is just a recipe. This has nothing to do with a training video or anything like that. But Masterclass has figured out that anyone who is willing to cook a homemade pretzel at home is someone who probably thinks that they could, they can throw down in the kitchen. So, all right, we're going to run an ad to this person on the channels where they're spending time. We know that we have channel user fit on YouTube. Why? Because every single day, millions of people go to YouTube to find recipes. Great, so at the beginning of these recipes where they're looking for this type of information, we're gonna have a masterclass ad that's going to ask them if they are interested in learning from one of the greats in this specific lane to learn directly from them the conversion rate has to be high because it's clear that you have audience channel fit it's clear that you have content market fit like it is a perfect trifecta in terms of being able to capture that audience one of the other things that masterclass does really well that a lot of people over underestimate is like the on-site content optimization of their efforts All of their headers, all of their titles are optimized with keywords that are aligned with search intent. So when you go to these blog posts and you're reading them as a human, you're just digesting it. You're just like, okay, great. I'm getting the sense of it. But when Google crawls that and they're seeing densities, percentages of homemade soft pretzels or free throws or script writing, etc., that are over 1%, they're able to say, okay, this is a highly valuable asset, but it's not keyword stuffed. And when they can realize that, they're like, this has to be valuable. On top of that, you throw in the mix that Google thinks very highly of the idea that the person who produces a piece needs to be an authority on that topic. When they look at the author and it's Gordon Ramsay, they look at the author and it's Steph Curry, they look at the author of a piece and it is literally the person who created a certain backflip in gymnastics and they're going to teach you how to do that. Who's going to beat them in terms of authority? No one, right? Like this is like having Michael Jordan run a masterclass through written word, on how to win a dunk contest. Like you can't beat Jordan. Like it's not going to happen. So that is another thing that they tap into that just allows them to win. Like it's just like a brilliant effort across the board.
0: The second topic I want to go down is your distribution framework. So you created an article about Canva's link building strategy. And uh, within seven days, it got roughly 27,000 page views. In that article, you also broke down your three-part framework for how you should distribute content. Can you go, can you break this down so people understand that, okay, it's not just enough to publish the piece of content, right? And to put your one post out on Twitter, linking out to it. How do you actually go about building a distribution strategy so that when you do push publish, I mean, you're gaining traction. It's, it's building an email list. It's, it's getting customers. How do you go about doing that?
1: It starts with essentially building hype and anticipation then you have to launch it, and then you have to engage, amplifying, just keep like distributing it and amplifying it. One of the things that we talk about is like, create once, distribute forever. Like point three actually never ends. But let's go through each of these. So when it comes to building up that hype, you wanna build hype by letting people know immediately something is coming. So when you can go to the market and you say, hey, we have a piece that is going live tomorrow, get on our newsletter, you don't want to miss it. You want it to hit your inbox before it hits the your competitors. Like you want to see this. People are incentivized to subscribe. People are interested in checking it out. So that's how we launched this piece. We went to the market, we were like, look, Canva's now valued at six billion dollars. Their backlink empire is one of the most impressive that you will ever see. You want to learn from them. So subscribe to the newsletter and tomorrow you'll hear all about it. So that was when we were able to build up the anticipation. You talk about it frequently, you talk about it often, and you get people hyped and excited. For some reason, marketers don't think that they need to think the same way that like a great musician does. Musicians go on tour to get the buzz rolling before they launch an album. Musicians go out and they start promoting like with a mixtape. They start releasing singles before the album launches. But for some reason, marketers think that we have to be boring about our launches and we just tweet about it when it's live and we just let people know about your white paper when it's live like there's a lot of inspiration that we can take from industries like nfts etc with their drops with new sneakers like you can learn from all of these different elements of culture to figure out how can you build up hype prior to going live even if you think it's too boring trust me your industry will love it and they will be engaged if you understand how to create great content and then you get people excited for it you have to have that essentially hype built up that on launch day, you wanna make that thing spread. The way that you make it spread is you're not going to make the mistake of just sending out one tweet and calling it a day. You want to lean on partners. You wanna lean on colleagues. You wanna send DMs to some of your friends. You wanna block time in your calendar, so whenever someone talks about it, you're there to respond, you're there to engage, you're retweeting them, you're talking to them, you're promoting it on LinkedIn, you're promoting it on Twitter, you're there on AngelList when it gets submitted to their community that you can engage when it's on the front page of Hacker News, you can argue with the trolls. So you wanna make sure that you have all your bases covered across the board on that launch day. So you can make sure that you're like breaking the internet in many ways. So that's one of the starting points go into the Facebook groups, you can write some of this content even well in advance, right? Like I think instead of just thinking to myself, okay, I'm launching this tomorrow, two weeks in advance, you can write the post that's gonna go in a various Facebook group. Like for this piece in particular, we crafted the message that was gonna go in various subreddits into the Slack communities days in advance. So it was essentially a copy and paste. Now, once that's done and you're starting to get great feedback from your audience and from customers, the next step is to embrace the idea of promoting it regularly. A lot of brands will spend upfront a little bit of time trying to promote their content. And then once it's promoted, they call it a day. But there's two things that you need to do. One, you need to engage with those who have helped you win, who have distributed that asset. Jump into the comments. Don't feel like this. the internet is a place for you to have a monologue. Have a dialogue. If somebody is talking about your piece and they say it's great, respond back with a quick thank you. Show some gratitude, right? Like it only takes five seconds to respond back with a thank you and amazing appreciate you whatever that may be but to the other person it can actually mean the world it can result in a follower it can result in a subscriber a customer all of those different things the other piece is you keep promoting that you don't just sit back in your chair pop the bubbly and call it a day you're going to take that asset and you're going to share it and distribute it across multiple channels as frequently as possible um create once distribute forever like that's the motto
0: this podcast is all about growth. That's why I'm hearing great things about how Yapo is driving growth for brands. Their e-commerce marketing platform is already helping names like Culture Kings and Steve Madden strengthen their customer relationships. With data-driven solutions for SMS, loyalty, reviews, and more, Yapo fully integrates with all the tools you already use like Google and Meta. Even better, it's available on all major e-commerce platforms like Shopify, Salesforce Commerce Cloud, Adobe Commerce, and BigCommerce. If you're like me, you're going to want to find out more. So head over to yapo.com today for a free demo. I've never thought about building hype around a piece of content. So like, like you said, it's like, think of distributing your content. Like it's a sneaker drop or it is an album release, right? Like Kanye, right? With Donda, he was promoting it months ahead, building it in public He was uh doing like listening dropping songs here and there so it's almost like with your content do the same thing like maybe drop if you have an article drop like a few tips from the article who the article you're talking about etc
1: we drop screenshots like the charts all of that stuff like don't be afraid to take elements of it and just say like here's a snippet coming soon you want the full thing like don't forget to subscribe like you get people hyped up by seeing what is to come give away a cheat sheet that you're going to give away in the entire asset mm. all of that stuff. Yeah. Like you want to build up as much hype as possible.
0: I'm going to implement this this week with this podcast. Cause what I've done good, I would say with the podcast is how I promote it after the podcast is, you know, releases, you know, like mm. day of and then like the next five days after I've released it, I've I'll tease like who the episode is with. So like, if it's you, I'll take a screenshot of this and like, put the discussions, put the pod link. One thing I've been doing is because of naturally how these episodes are created, it's a lot of like dense information. And so what I've been doing is creating a playbook on the back end of it, like a PDF playbook with like a recap of everything. And then I distribute that to Twitter, like, hey, here's the the free case study. And then I link the podcast within it. And every time I do that, I see the, the numbers jump. On top of that, then, you know, like little tidbits from... The podcast. But what I'm not doing is I'm not promoting the podcast like it's a sneaker drop. I'm not getting, you know, what I should do is after exactly right after this conversation, I should go on Twitter and talk about some of the takeaways. I should talk about something I learned. Like I should talk about something you you broke down in masterclass, right? Like that's that's how you're thinking. And then now when it drops next Tuesday, the hype is real. It's there.
1: It's it. Exactly. Like people are already engaged. People are waiting. They're itching. Some of them might even drop it in their calendar and be like, oh, I need to listen to Alex's next podcast because I saw some of the posts from earlier in the week. Like this is really relevant to me. And when they see that, like it connects with them and they're going to make the time to really listen and dive in. So yeah, you want to build a bit of that hype prior to. So people are like sitting on their seats waiting for it to for it to happen.
0: The other thing that's interesting that you said is, so you literally block out time just to distribute and to promote, et cetera. What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So every Wednesday it's called wired in Wednesdays. I've been doing it for a very long time. Essentially I block off my calendar, no meetings, just plug in the headphones and just start distributing, creating and promoting content. So. I think a lot of people make the mistake of spending way too much time actually creating. And this can be controversial for some folks, but like I think most people probably today, when they listen to this, they've created enough content probably for the next two quarters. Like they've actually produced so many blog posts, so many pieces of content that they should actually just press pause for a second and take some of that stuff that they already produced, repurpose it, remix it, and reshare it on social because they're sitting on gold. That piece of content that took off two months ago will still take off in another month or two if you reshare it. Because you have new people following you, you have new subscribers, and don't even get me started about a piece that you created a year ago. That piece is just collecting dust for absolutely no good reason. Like there's so much value that can be had on those days where you just plug in, you take an audit of the content that you've created over the last few months and years, and then start distributing it more effectively on these channels and making sure that it doesn't collect
0: dust. That's a whole nother topic. Is repurposing content? It's yeah. it's crazy that it's like people just think with well, it. The second you create a piece of content and you post it once, like it's done forever. I've taken threads that I've written like months ago. When let's say I, I had forty thousand or thirty thousand followers, and then you know I get to let's say sixty. And I'll repurpose it and it gets double the traction. And nobody's in my comments saying like, hey, didn't you already what post you this doing? one time? Like nobody, <laughs> no, nobody has said that. No
1: one <laughs> you know what that. I mean? And no. like
0: all I've changed no. is the hook, you know, like That's nothing it. else has really changed so true so true
1: like everything can be a remix like this podcast can be remixed into a twitter thread it can be remixed into an instagram story it can be remixed into individual tweets it can be remixed into a youtube video there's so many things that you can do if you are willing to repurpose and remix your content
0: That goes right into the third topic, the final topic, which is remixing content. And then for B2B content specifically, how you make it spread. So you, you had a tweet about your 20 favorite distribution channels and tactics. Can we go over some of them? Can you break down when you do create a piece of content, how do you like to distribute it and where?
1: Let's say you press publish on a piece of content and it's actually good content. It has to be content that's gonna be educational, engaging, or entertaining. You check all three of those boxes, great. Now let's talk about how to distribute that thing and make sure that it gets in front of the right people. One of my favorite places to go to ensure that my content is distributing is good old-fashioned social media channels. So you're gonna send it out on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on those channels. Those are the, some of the like traditional channels you've rest published on a blog posts. You have to share it there. But that's where most people actually end their distribution ideas and concepts at large, right? What you actually want to do is then take that same piece of content. Let's say we created a blog post that was titled how to create a great podcast in 2029, whatever it is. We then go, to a question on Quora. How do I launch a podcast? This question happens to be followed by hundreds of people. You answer that question with value and then within it, you're going to link to your blog post. Now, for all of those people who follow that question, they're going to get a notification. They're going to see your piece. They're going to click on the link. They're going to start to read it. Then they go into your content world. In addition to that, Quora also sends that out to a handful of their subscribers. So that content is now going to show up in their inboxes, but you don't end there. You're also going to go to a subreddit where somebody asked a question, like, what should I do if I'm launching a podcast? I'm thinking about launching a podcast. How should I think about this? You go to both of those questions and you're going to answer them probably with a very similar answer that you used in Quora, but now you're doing it in a subreddit. You're going to try to make your answer though so valuable that people are going to want to give you Reddit gold. What I mean by that is you want to make it so they don't have to click your link to get value, but they click your link to get icing on the cake. The cake should already be there in the comments. You're giving them value when they're in Reddit and they're consuming it and they're like, wow, this is a valuable piece, I'm gonna give it an upvote. Oh, there's a link associated with it too, I'm gonna click that and I'm gonna go and read more. The reason why you wanna make sure it's heavily valuable is that Redditors will tell you where to go and how to get there really quickly, so you don't wanna get banned. You wanna make sure that you're adding value. Once you've done that, there's another opportunity that exists, which is inside of communities. Facebook groups stands out in my mind as a major opportunity. And a lot of people are thinking, what in the world are you talking about Facebook groups for? That's where you sell lawnmowers. That's where marketplaces like this isn't a place for B2B. You're actually very wrong from sales to big data to marketing to growth to Dentistry to AI, you name it, there is a Facebook group on every single topic that you can think of. And inside of those communities and inside of those Facebook groups, some of them which are paid to actually get into, you have an opportunity as a brand to either sponsor those groups where you reach out to the admin and you ask them if you can like sponsor it and they'll share it in the community. Or you're in the comments or you're sharing directly, organically, amplifying your stories directly into those communities. That is another great way to win inside of those Facebook groups. On top of that, you're also going to be thinking about how can you republish this on channels where your audience is spending time. So your audience might be on medium.com. So you're going to take that same article and you're going to upload it to medium.com but you're not gonna just use it on your own personal medium.com profile. You're gonna find a publication on Medium that actually has a significant amount of followers, has a significant amount of subscribers, and you're gonna ask them if you can contribute it To their publication, and then you're going to notify through Medium all of their followers that you just press publish on this piece of content. Mm. And at this point, you're probably thinking, "Okay, that's enough. I've distributed my content." (laughs) But you're actually just getting started, because you can now take that same piece and upload it as an article on LinkedIn. You can upload it natively as an article on Quora as well. You can even upload it as just a long-form status update on LinkedIn, where you have a link in the comments driving to the full article if people are interested in it. You can go on all of the different platforms where you have that ability to share something to your story. You can take a screenshot of the essay that you've created, tell people to swipe up if they want to get access to that article. And if at this point you still think, yeah, I could still probably do a little bit more. Great. Amazing. Because now you can go to Substack and you can do a search for all of the best people who are creating content on your subject and you reach out to them. You reach out with the To them with the request that they check out the article. Maybe they curate articles on a regular basis and they'll feature it in their newsletter, but maybe you'll have to pay them to actually feature it and share it. That's okay too. There's a massive arbitrage opportunity on Substack because a lot of the newsletter owners will be reached out to for the very first time And they actually don't know how much value that they actually are sitting on top of. So when you reach out to them and you're like, hey, can I sponsor your Substack?" And they say, yes, for 150 bucks, I'll give you a link at the top of my newsletter. You should be running to the bank. Ching, ching. This is an amazing opportunity for you to take advantage of. So you start to share that content there as well then the last thing that you're going to do is you're going to make sure that everybody in your team knows about this content and when i talk about your team it's not just your team as it relates to your company but your team as it relates to influencers that you're friends with people who are in your dms it's your sales reps it's your bdrs they're updating their signature with a link to this new piece you're making sure that your friends are retweeting it you're sending them a dm so they know what link they can retweet and share all of those different things are possibilities and there is still even at this point, a bunch more that you can do, but you have to get into a mindset as a creator that the life cycle of your article doesn't end when you press publish. That's just when it begins and you can truly create something once and distribute it forever and you can unlock some amazing results.
0: You have to drop your mic after that. That's a, that's a, I do. That's just, a <laughs> just, just like walk off the podcast at this point, like <laughs> Jesus. Um, Huge takeaway is I'm not doing close to enough. (laughs) That's literally what I'm taking away from this. I'm not doing remotely enough. So when you block off on Wednesdays, this is what you do on Wednesdays.
1: That's it. That's it. On Wednesdays, it's going in, distributing the content all around the, the various channels and corners of the net, training the team as well on distribution. Like Our team now is 30 plus and we're doing this type of stuff all the time for our clients. So wow. helping them unlock those distribution playbooks on behalf of clients where we're writing Twitter threads, we're sending out the content into these communities, reverse engineering various channels, and then bringing that content to them organically to make it spread. That's, uh, that's the blueprint essentially every single day.
0: I don't feel like there's that many. There's probably a handful of agencies doing that, right? Like you have to be one of maybe two or three. Uh, there's a lot of content agencies. I say content agencies
1: intentionally because I do believe that the industry has had a massive problem where we've forgotten about marketing the content that we create. Um, and that is definitely something that we jump in and we assist with, where we're reaching out to those substacks, we're submitting the content into Reddit, going into the Facebook groups, reaching out to the admin, sponsoring those communities, etc. cetera. Um, we're bringing content marketing back where you have to do some marketing for the content that we're producing.
0: Ross, this has been a wild episode. I have so much that I took away, so much I am going to do. I am going to find where in my schedule I could plug in just hours where I just have to distribute content and not just solely focus on trying to create one good piece of content, right? And and instead, learn how to distribute it 20, 30 different ways. Um, Ross, for everybody that's listening, everybody that's going to see this in the newsletter as well, and on every other place of the corner of the internet now, where can they find you? Where can they sign up for your newsletter? And if they want you to do this for them, where can they find you as well?
1: yeah so foundation is where you can find me um in terms of the various social media platforms i'm pretty much on all of them at the coolest cool uh happy to connect with folks on linkedin twitter facebook you name it wherever you are connect with me i'd be happy to connect and alex thanks so much for having me on um, i appreciate you appreciate you elevating the industry and elevating the culture with this type of content we need more of it so uh, my, my hats off to you thanks for bringing this stuff to life
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one, dude. You as well. Thank you for tuning in to 30 Minutes of Growth. If you want to hear more all-action growth insights, be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts so you can hear our next episode first.